Hey everyone, welcome to Ask, where you ask questions and I answer them. Hey, there's some great ones uh, for this episode, so let's get to it. Once again, I'm Pastor Jamie and this is the show, remember, where I answer your questions. It's about the Bible or faith or life or whatever you got. Uh, if you have a question, and we definitely need your questions, just go to cornerstonebv.org really quick. You hit the media page drop down, there's an ask section, and you don't have to leave your name. You can just leave your question, it'll take you a couple minutes, and we need your questions, and you'll see it on a future episode. So Jenny down in the Carolinas asked something, uh, and I'm going to summarize what she asked. Why are there different resurrection accounts full of various details that possibly contradict each other, or at least quite different? If scripture is God-breathed, Jenny asks, then how can there be such different accounts? Well, Jenny is correct. There are differences in the four gospel accounts, uh, like how many angels were in the tomb, you know, who got there first, and who said what to who, and these things do vary. Um, but they're all side issues. All the accounts agree with the main points that make it the gospel. Jesus Christ, who had died and was laid in the tomb on Friday, was alive in bodily form on Sunday. He appeared to many people and proved his claims of who he is and what he had done. Do you know what the various accounts actually sound like? An actual eyewitnesses. They're from different perspectives. For instance, if police investigators separated uh, uh, and questioned four witnesses to a crime, and every detail they gave was exactly the same, guess what they would assume? You got it. We have collusion and they can't be trusted. But when the witnesses have varying details of the event from their point of view, but the major details are the same, the police tend to trust that they are true. Now granted, they still want to find more evidence to help corroborate All right, it, but they don't worry about uh, some varying insignificant details. Jesus' resurrection also has much more evidence than just the tomb accounts. Um, the tomb itself was found to be empty, or the Romans and the Jewish authorities, they would have produced a body. Jesus had over 500 eyewitnesses in the 40 days between his resurrection and ascension. And this is one of my favorites, the fact that a bunch of, a group of scared, broken fishermen who were hiding would not long after that give their lives for the truth that he was indeed risen makes no sense if none of it actually happened. So, okay, Jamie, why then are the gospel accounts different? Well, let's face it. There was a lot going on that Sunday. There was invariably many different trips by different disciples to the tomb to see what happened. None of the Gospels actually claim to be giving a precise order. None of them make that claim. Now, some Bible scholars have done a really good job, I think, of presenting a possible order of events that, that brings all of the details together and fits. I'm not going to go over it here, but I actually think you can sync the order of events pretty well and be, still be faithful to all four Gospel accounts. Okay, second question. I recently had a pointed but yet interesting count, count, encounter it sheds, with a Christian scientist. I left that encounter a little more confused than I was before. Can you please explain what a Christian scientist, not Scientology, is? Okay, Christian science was coined in 1879 by its founder, Mary Baker Eddy. It is not a good name since it does not fit in any way the biblical definition of Christianity, and it's also definitely not based on anything scientific either. Christian science believes that God, who can be a father or mother, by the way, is supremely perfect. And there's no room in his creation for sin, disease, or death in God's, in God's creation, as I just said. They teach um, that the answer to illness is prayer. 
Being sick comes from being out of harmony with God and you need to pray for him to bring you back into harmony. See, this has proven very dangerous because they often do not pursue medical treatment um, that will heal them and instead just rely on prayer, uh, especially with uh, minors, this has come up. But Christians, we're supposed to believe that the world is broken by sin. God will eventually restore it. However, in the meantime, sickness and disease are a part of life. Some of these illnesses can be cured by medicine through uh, God's common grace, so for sure. We're also called to pray, right? James tells us, call your elders and pray over the sick. And we can believe that God can heal us, but it's not a guarantee. And it's certainly not left up to you to how much a person prays and how much faith you have. Christian science ends up looking and sounding far more like a new age holistic practice than anything that represents a faith in the Jesus of the Bible. Okay, last one. If I were fairly new to your church and had concerns regarding a member and or staff, would you advise to pray about it or would you ask my concerns, even though they have been in the church much longer than I have? Okay, first of all, this kind of question really isn't why we do ask, um, but I do definitely say uh, we want all your questions. Um, plus, someone else might have something similar, so I'd love to answer it at least briefly. First, um, it's a little too vague for me to answer exactly uh, how you might want. Um, yes, of course, I'm always willing to hear about anyone's concerns, however long you or the other person have been at the church. That doesn't play into it at all. It has no bearing on uh, my willingness to hear your concerns as a pastor at Cornerstone. But how would I respond to this would depend on what category this concern is. Um, if you believe the person has sinned against you in some way, then what I would advise you to do is following Matthew 18, go directly to the person. If you get nowhere, then you take the next step. You bring another mature believer for a witness and try to deal with it again. If it is still not resolved at that point, you would bring the situation to me or one of the elders of our church. That's what Jesus lays out in Matthew 18. Now, if the situation were something serious and you thought you were in danger or risk something personal, um, following Matthew 18 might not be uh, the, the easiest thing to do and I would ask you to bring it to me. Now, if the concern is not about sin, but more about the way a person might be doing their job, whether it be a volunteer or paid staff member um, in the church, that's a little bit different. You can certainly bring it to me if you truly feel like it rises beyond the level of preference. For instance, if you came to me and said, something needs to be done with that worship leader because he or she is picking the wrong songs, you wouldn't get much of a sympathetic ear from me. That's preference. On the other hand, if you were to say that you've witnessed a leader of some kind was belittling or, or verbally abusing someone in a home group, as an example, thankfully we don't have that, but if it were to happen, then I would want to know about it for sure. Three things to do before bringing it to be. One, to go back to your question, definitely pray. Two, ask yourself if this is truly a big deal and can you just forgive and let it go? Um, would you want the same, that same grace if it were in the reverse situation? And three, do not under any circumstances talk about the situation with someone who has nothing to do with it. This is called gossip and it is sin. So I hope this helps. Bring it to me if you're unsure. We'll, we'll help you deal with it. And remember, my door is always open. Okay, so that's all for this week. But we will be back next week with more of your great questions. So make sure you go to cornerstonebv.org and ask your questions. All right, see you this weekend at one of our gatherings. Hopefully, if you're in town, uh, 5 o'clock on Saturday or 9 or 11 on Sunday. Thanks again, everyone. See you soon.